All right. We're here for another episode of Autodesk Digital Builder Podcast. I am your host, Eric Thomas, and we are live from Autodesk University. I am sitting down with Lisa Kelly, the Vice President of EarthCam, and Walid Safar, Mission Critical Director at XYZ Reality. How are you both doing today? I'm excited to be here. It's great to be back in person. I'm learning a lot about what the clients expect from us, new trends, technologies. It's pretty awesome. It's been three years. It's crazy. Like three years since we've had the chance to sit down in person and have these conversations. So I'm so glad that you're here. Well, how about yourself? How are you doing? Yeah, absolutely loving life right now. It's been uh, it's been a long time coming for us. You know, our U.S. expansions kicked off this year. So for us to be able to meet all of our client and partners in person, in the flesh, all in one spot, absolute dream. So we're having a blast. All right. Well, I'm glad to hear that. Make sure if you're uh, you know, listening to us talking right now, check out both of their booths after this uh, conversation. There's a lot of cool technology that we're going to be discussing here in just a minute. But we are going to be talking about all sorts of fun stuff today. Reality capture, augmented reality, virtual reality and construction. We're going to run the gamut. So Lisa, could you kick us off and just give me a baseline for like, what is reality capture, site scanning, all those fun things? And what do they bring to a construction project? There are a lot of buzzwords out there right now. You can add in machine learning, computer vision, AI. So traditionally it's been images, right? Camera, photos, videos, and people are able to do that on their cell phones and anything that they have right now. But it's more about what are we capturing and the technology around that. So reality captures and augmented reality, virtual reality is a really, really big category. And it's about delivering specific information now and boiling that down into what can be used on projects of all sizes. So it might have to do with equipment that's on site. It might have to do with project progress and where we're able to push that. And obviously that's ACC right now. So we're able to put that where the project team is making the decisions, but it's a big category. It needs to be broken down. I imagine it can be confusing to a lot of people. So I hope they do get out and are able to walk around and take a look at what's happening to AU this year to learn a little bit more. Yeah, I I think you hit the nail on the head there too, because when there's so much noise in the industry about what's actually possible and what we're trying to do, people can get a little bit overwhelmed. And some are concerned about how does this impact my job in a good way or a bad way? I feel it's a good thing because that augmentation of what people are doing is, I think, really the key element of that conversation. But before I get too far ahead of myself, because I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to construction technology, um, Waleed, I'd love it if you could give me a little bit more insight about augmented reality, virtual reality in that context within construction. Sure. So simplest way to be able to explain augmented reality is the superimposing of information in the real world environment through a digital meme. So specifically for our case in augmented reality, we're able to position hyperscale 3D BIM models out on site with millimeter accuracy. So in other words, if you imagine now you're a construction manager, superintendent, site supervisor, you're able to go out on site with our headset on and view the model with millimeter precision in the field. And why that's important is because oftentimes If you look at the traditional kind of workflow in construction, you take a high fidelity 3D model, you convert it to thousands of 2D drawings simply to construct a 3D asset. And you know, Eric, we think about it, 2D is not a natural language for us humans, right? You know, we're 3D creatures, we operate in a 3D environment. Yet we task our trades today to look at a 2D drawing, conceptualize a 3D asset from the 2D drawing, but the most challenging part is actually positioning that information out on site with millimeter accuracy. And so that's really where the value of augmented reality comes in. Now with virtual reality, that's a different kettle of fish. So virtual reality, you're immersed in a new environment. And so 
It's extremely useful for design teams to be able to collaborate on in really that design phase. That's where the biggest value for VR comes in. And AR biggest value comes in during the construction itself. So that's kind of how the two marry up together to be able to support each other. And it's so cool to see how the evolution of that technology has come. I remember when I was still working at the last GC, our step into VR was simply let's demo an element of somebody's building that we're bidding on so they can put the goggles on and take a peek at what it might look at. And that was it. It was, it was a sales pitch. We weren't really doing anything meaningful for it. But as we've stepped into this, this new ecosystem where the technology has gotten so much better, the access and the affordability is better, now you get to really step in and go, okay, like here's a headset. Here's everybody have a headset. It's attainable now. It's, it's realistic. And, and I want to think about how common is all of this now? So if you look at the adoption levels, especially in the last two or three years with our forced digital adoption that we've all been privy to right now, like how, how many people are actually out there using this technology and at what scale? For 20 years, EarthCam was putting cameras on poles and rooftops to be able to look at what was happening in real time and then also go back and take a look at what was happening, what was on site, what the you know was the concrete poured. The last five or six years has all about the information that's in the images and the video. And so the next leap is probably going to be half as long as that, and then so on and so on. We're also seeing in the workforce, a younger workforce that is used to doing everything digitally and online. So they're much more used to adopting things that used to be done on paper that were 2D and now 3D, we expect 4D, we expect 5D, we expect time and cost to be included in the information that's happening on a construction project. So the adoption is growing rapidly and it depends on what you need. And that I think is what gets down and distilled. You talk about the equipment that's on a site. A lot of people here know what a Ricoh Theta camera is. And it's a camera that you can buy off the shelf from a store, from any store. And that camera has an API that you can build apps to and you can walk around a job site and get a 3D model and then you can match it up and, and build a dollhouse version of it. You know, one of the things that we do that marries itself into Navis work. So you can look at the real time versus the planned and then match that against the schedule. So that's a really simple, low cost way to do things. And then from there on up, you have other types of ways that people can scan and get that, that precision that Walid was talking about. So when it comes down to it, it is being adopted rapidly. Everybody's expecting visual information. We're in a visual society. We're all on social media apps. Everything's got to have a picture or a video, right? And the software has to tie that in and you have to be able to communicate about something virtually. And I love the point that you made earlier about what you need, because I'm seeing more and more contractors now who at some point got into this state of, there's so many new things, let's start adopting technology without really thinking about that long term that they're going to, what are we going to do with this? And not just what are we going to do with the tech, what are we going to do with the data? Like, what are the decisions that we want to make based on this information? And as everybody's starting to get more mature with the construction technology adoption, they're more empowered to really make those, to ask those questions. And it's a really cool change because two, three, four, five years ago, you didn't see as many people asking those questions and thinking about it that way. And when you went, what's your data strategy? And they'd shrug, they go, what is a data strategy? And I go, that's the first problem. And people get overwhelmed. They go, oh, I have so much data. Pick a small spot, pick a little area. You go, what do we want to do with safety? What do we want to do with one aspect of technology? Iterate, and then you prove your case, and then you get to bring it to all the different aspects of the project. And it's fun, it's awesome. Like I'm, 
obviously very excited right now. <laughs> I th- three S's, safety, security, and schedule. Those are the things that we're trying to solve for. And those are things I think that we can focus on using these types of technology. And what stages of construction now are these bringing value? And I want to think from the, both the contractor's perspective and then also the owner's perspective. Wally, do you have any thoughts on that one? Yeah, absolutely. So from a owner and a contractor perspective, specifically in the use case of augmented reality, the value comes in during the construction side of things, right? And essentially what I mean by that is that if you're an owner, you want assurances that your GC is able to deliver as per design and as per schedule. So you really want it from day one itself, right? So civil work's taking place, you want to ensure that everything that's going into the ground is in the exact location as it should be, right? Last thing you want is, for example, we've seen it on project sites where fiber pop-up cables are 500 mil off and you know, if you look at the ultimate cost to the client for that issue, we're talking about you know hundred thousand pounds per fiber pop up, and so for them it's critical right on the offset that they set the tone in terms of good quality of works, and then from the GC perspective, ultimately it's in their best interest as well, right? If they can help ensure that their supply chain is building as per design, well that de-risks the schedules for them, so they can ensure that they can actually meet their handover exactly as they signed up for in the contract. And so that's where the real value comes in for augmented reality. And then all throughout this process as well, you know, steel goes up, MEP kicks off, fit out takes place and even handover. And then a lot of times that we get questions about is can we come in during the FM stage as well, right? You know, you've provided a very accurate digital twin now. How can we leverage that for the remaining life cycle of that specific asset. And that's what those progressive owners are thinking right now. And I love talking to them because they're thinking about it in a very different way. And it's so different from where we were at before, where now you go, okay, how do I run this for the entire life of my project? Now it's not a project, it's just my building. And if you keep that up to date, if you're actually still adding new nuanced data into that digital twin that you've created now, and your owner knows what they're actually thinking about there for the long term of the project, it's huge. And also, if the owner doesn't necessarily have the skills to do that, the general contractor has an opportunity to build that relationship with the owner because they've gone in and gone, hey, I've built this digital twin. Do you want somebody to keep it updated for you? Absolutely. And I think specifically, at least in our experience at XYZ, is that a lot of our clients are data center clients, right? And that's by no means an accident either because they're just by their nature kind of techs in their DNA. They're, you know, if you look at their assets as well, they have to kind of go through a retrofit program every four years. So they're really looking at this in a lot of detail and in terms of how we can optimize and create more efficiencies in the delivery such that the next time they go through a retrofit program, they're even better. They can fit more in. How do we optimize space? So it, the owners are the ones we've seen really driving the agendas and the GCs are putting their hands up and going, hey, we're about this too. Like we want to be the ones leading it on our side. So it's, it's, been a, it's been a really interesting journey the last kind of four years, kind of seeing how the pandemic has also hyper-accelerated that. Yeah, we had this, this weird forced situation where suddenly they go, it's not safe to have all these people on site. We don't want everybody traveling. And construction is oftentimes, contractors like to be third to the finish line. Not in the fact that they don't want to finish the race, but they like watching one and two prove the concept. And then number three goes, cool, that works. I will take it and adopt it as well now. It's, it's an interesting ecosystem. There's definitely been, and I agree, cosign on the owners pushing a lot more. That has been a big flip. We do a lot with real estate developers. That's their property. And they want to know what is behind that wall and they want visual proof of it and they want to match it up. 
we make it really complicated by saying something like digital twin, which was a terminology that was not regular a few years ago. But it's not a complicated thing, a digital twin. It's a virtual you know, representation of what you build. It's not a new idea in the construction industry. So we construction has been equipment and hardware and product industry where we worry about steel and lumber and concrete and electrical wires. And it's not a software industry. And it needs to be a software industry. There are cameras everywhere. We've got really high definition, the highest definition construction camera in the industry, but it's about what do we do with it, right? And that's where that information is. And the industry has needed to pivot from caring about coded rebar to caring about the visual representation of what was planned, where does that fit in the schedule, what was delivered, and be able to document that in the world that we live in today, which is online and in visual representation. I think all three of us are clearly quite excited about construction technology, which is awesome. <laughs> and we all agree, so <laughs> I don't know agree. why everybody else doesn't. No. <laughs> but what are, what are some common myths or blockers that you run into where run around about all of these different types of tech that you'd love an opportunity to just do away with? They and think say, it's That's too expensive and too complicated. Yeah, I think cost is always a factor, right? And fundamentally, I think it will forever be a factor. But I think the biggest thing that we come across specifically in augmented reality is that a lot of times clients have been burnt, right? They were kind of promised the full stream of the HoloLens, right? And everybody took it on, everybody bought these amazing headsets, and then they couldn't load up a large model, they couldn't position it accurately. And all of a sudden, very quickly, they go, yeah, AR is not for construction, but that's the myth I would like to debunk today, right? Is that, and, and that's kind of the premise for our business, right? That's what, kind of why we existed, is that we had to develop our own headset so that we could position hyperscale models with millimeter precision. And that's what we've started doing on multiple projects across Europe, now in the US as well, Japan and Saudi Arabia to follow as well. And so when it comes to AR and tech in general, oftentimes someone has a bad experience, and then that makes them hypersensitive to the next kind of tech that's out there. Their ears are up, they're a bit worried, they're a bit concerned. And so like a lot of times the journeys, I'm sure Lisa would agree on that we, we end up having to take with clients is kind of going, hey, listen, like this is different this time. We've got the solution. This is how it's going to work and trying to de-risk that for them. And I think the other aspect of that that I've been told is the quality of the technology in the last five years, whether it's a headset or anything else, has scaled so rapidly. So if you put a headset on six years ago and you went, this is unusable and I'm frustrated and I don't want to do this and there's no place anymore, try it again. Because it is a very different experience at a very different entry point on cost than it used to be before. And there's just a lot of neat stuff that I think we can do that is a lot well and beyond let's demo building to a potential uh, bidder that you know we want to win a project for. So it's, it's a ton of fun from there. All right, so imagine we've got thousands of listeners out there now who are excited to adopt this new type of technology. What advice would each of you offer them to start making choices and picking tech and just really bringing it into their organization? Call me <laughs> and, then, and then you can call Waleed and then... <laughs> I'm actually looking for a way we can work together. I'm always looking at not building something new and taking what we have. The next step would literally be, honestly, to maybe pick up the phone and call one technology company and tell them that you're exploring and have a conversation. If it's a technology company that's not in it for the hard sell, but is in it for the trust, that is in it for proving that it works, 
we break a lot of eggs before we make an omelet. We sometimes try to make something that doesn't turn out the way that we thought and we learn something else in the process. That's the type of technology. We did that with Autodesk. They were great with having actual sit down hackathons when we were trying to build the Navisworks model integration that had to do with lining up camera angles with the XYZ of some sort of math that I have nothing to do with. <laughs> and so it really is about finding people that do want to partner and learn that, but it is about taking that first step and understanding that you might feel uncomfortable People don't like to admit they don't know things. And there's a lot out there. And I would like to also say that I agree that getting burned thing is tough and don't let that be a blocker because there are a lot of people that are two people in a garage that do AI and say that they will solve for certain problems. And it's nothing against them. It's just that keeping an open mind, how long has the company been in business? Who are their clients? When we look at partners, we're also looking at, you know, what's the track record of actual things? So there is a bit of a vetting process and maybe it's part of, you know, it's coming to an event like this and seeing it for yourself, joining an association. You know, construction is networking. You need to find, you know, your electrical contractor through your plumber. And it's, it might be the same way with technology companies. And, and that's one of the exciting things about actually being in person again, like we are right now, is you get to walk around. I mean, I can see from my seat right now, like 60, what, 60, 70 different vendors at least, and, you know, hundreds of people milling around. So there's an opportunity to learn so much and just really dive headfirst into the technology. Well, how about you? What, what would your advice be as far as uh, somebody thinking about uh, adopting this kind of technology? I think the best way to kind of go about it is kind of like take a high level overview of your construction team, your construction projects, how you've kind of delivered. Where are your pains and where are your challenges? Because if there's no pain, there's no way you're going to be able to solve for it and actually get the business case internally to get the traction needed to be able to adopt the technology, right? And so the first thing then is to just understand what does that look like for you? I mean, are you guys suffering from project delivery overrun? Are you guys suffering from cost overruns? But whatever that may be, understand that and then kind of break it down further. So let's say, for example, it's rework, right? Okay, where are we suffering rework? Is it mainly steel, civils, MEP? Okay, why are these issues cropping up? And just really breaking it down onto first principles. And then all of a sudden you realize again, okay, what I need actually is a quality instrument tool, right? That can be able to mitigate the complexity of the build for the guys on site so we don't actually have to go through the rework procedures. And at that point then, hit Google, come to events like this, talk to other people. And then exactly like Lisa mentioned, just do your vetting process at that point. And I always say to client and partners, super important that you don't sign up to a contract blind, right? Like do a pilot. Or any pilot. contract. Or any contract. Get somebody who will work with you. Yeah. Please read your contracts. Read, read your contract. <laughs> but like specifically within pilots themselves, they are so important, right? Make sure they're paid pilots, they're not free. Otherwise, you know, your own team don't invest into it. They're not as vested in being able to understand the business case as well. And that's super important because you've got to work with your technology vendor in being able to understand what is the business case for adopting this and understand it from a scale perspective. You know, yes, you might be project director, so you're like CEO of that specific project, but think about your business, right? How are you going to scale this across? Can these guys scale with you? These are factors that are really important to understand because fundamentally, when I look at the last decade and vendors that have been burnt before or owners that have been burnt before, if you look at the reason why, it was because it wasn't that they weren't ready to adopt. They were. They, they went for these guys. Yeah, they were right? having the conversation. They're having the conversation, but fundamentally, the tech wasn't ready for construction. It wasn't that construction wasn't ready for tech. And that's the big change, right? And that's what I'm seeing here today with all the vendors that are out here is that you're beginning to see that tech is ready now for construction and because construction has always been ready for tech. 
And I think the other element of that conversation too is like, pick your focus point. If, if you look at it, like if you think about it from a data strategy perspective, because I'm a tremendous data nerd, if you think about the, all the data that your organization captures, and then you go, I would like to improve my data, all of it, mm -hmm. you're gonna freak out. Because mm -hmm. that is a lot to think about at one point. But if you do narrow that focus and you go, okay, this is the biggest challenge for my company right now. What technology, what changes, what improvements can I make? And you do that at a small scale, you prove the success or not, and then you save yourself deploying a thing to your entire company that doesn't work but hopefully it does work. And then you get to show all the other leaders at your organization and you get your champions and they go, okay, we've got it now. Let's go ahead and start picking this stuff up. And then you iterate from there. And then you pick that next segment and that next segment and you do it in a very structured way. And then suddenly, bam, you've got a data strategy that covers your thing or your, your reality capture is baked in and you have it on every single project and you go from there. But if you try to boil the ocean at once, you're gonna freak out. <laughs> well, that, that requires general contractors to work fundamentally different than they do right now, which is project to project. It's hard. That requires that type of sharing of information. And so if one project manager tries that, how does everybody else? Because they let them get the local electrician and they get let them get the local lift company. You know, one of the things, it is just solving one problem. We in our AI have seen dumpsters go on and off the job site multiple times during the week, empty and they get charged every time the dumpster crosses the threshold of that project site. And nobody knew that was happening until it was identified that that was something that happens. That's solving for one problem, which might be equipment costs. Yeah, there's so many small nuances that you can step back and look at. And I, I think we're primed for it now. And a lot of the more progressive contractors who have started to adopt these different technologies, they are now pivoting into a spot where they're thinking whole company with data analysis. They're thinking whole company about their technology. And some of the ones that I've spoken to that are also focused on training, their training approaches are changing. And that's standardizing on project to project in a way that we've never seen before. So what you're talking about before, where the electrical contractors are different on each project. Now they all know what standard to apply to, or hopefully. And so you can look at it in aggregate in a way that you've never been able to do before. And it's just really cool. It's, it's this interesting pivot moment that we're starting to scale, we're starting to get there. And I think in a couple more years, especially as this increases, it's just gonna get better and better. So I have one more question for each of you, and I know we've, we've gotten deep into all of the fun technology, but what is your favorite trend happening right now? What are you seeing in the market that you're just jazzed about? I want to hear, hear it. Oh man, I'm going to have you go first. I was going to go say no, you first. No, no, I don't need no. a sec to think about this. <laughs> go for it, Lisa. Okay. My favorite trend is existing technology companies in the AEC industry working together. I used to say at a show like this that if we all partnered, then we would have a solution because the general contractors and now the owners don't know who to pick and they know they need steel and they know they need payroll but they don't know that they need any of us because a lot of things are built without both of our solutions and a lot of the people that are here. So that partnering where people are creating API endpoints that can meet and rather than trying to be all things to all people, stick where it is. We can put up cameras anywhere and then we have software that can plug in with somebody else that's gonna give you information. We don't need to give somebody 
a whole bunch of pictures. We need to give them the data that is in the pictures. So the trend of us working together more stems from a conference like this, where we've got a good platform, which is you know all the various products within Autodesk, and then be able to deliver that back to the client. And I think that platform approach is, is such an interesting game changer at this point now, because five years ago, everything was a point solution. You had 20, 30 different things deployed to a project. They didn't communicate, they didn't talk together. That's changing now. And it's empowering contractors in a way where they can still pick all these technologies, even if they don't fit within that ecosystem they've adopted. And they still play nice. They still transfer that data. You can make those choices. So that's a great one. I love that trend. Yay. Well, <laughs> well what about you? That was let's, a great uh, answer, top of mind? <laughs> so, top of mind in terms of trending side of things that I've seen in the last couple of years that kind of we as a business have seen has been this emphasis on quality, right? Beforehand, it was kind of like, just get it done for as fast as possible, as cheap as possible, right? But now what I've started to see is that this huge emphasis towards quality, like owners are willing to pay more for a better quality asset because they've un ultimately they've understood that over the course of the life cycle of that asset, if we can get it right first time up front, it makes everything a lot easier down the road. And so they're happy to invest on that side of things to be able to ensure better quality project delivery. And I think that's probably the biggest trend I've seen in the last couple of years, and especially within kind of pharmaceuticals and data centers where we've kind of done a lot of work. Those owners and asset managers, if you like, they're really clued in on this now. They're beginning to understand that actually, we're happy to invest up front. We need to ensure it. We're going to support our GCs, which is the other big thing as well, right? The contract game is beginning to change as well, right? They're not going, hey, listen, this is your fault. You figure it out. They're sitting down with the contractors themselves and going, how can we figure this out? And that, for me, is a really, really happy step change, right? It's a huge mindset change. And I'm so excited when I see it, too, because construction has unfortunately been a bit litig <laughs> There's a bit of litigation floating around. There's a little bit of contention. And, of course, companies have to protect themselves. I understand that completely. But when we're in such challenging conditions to build like we are today, if the ecosystem doesn't facilitate working together in the way that you're just sharing, by default, we're going to miss schedules. We're going to have challenges with quality. There's so many things that are going to come out of that. And so if we play together in a way that's a little more contractually friendly, we're in a great position and it's just a ton of fun. All right. Well, you're both off the hook for today. Thank you so much for joining me on this episode. For everybody out there listening, this is the Digital Builder Podcast by Autodesk. We are on all major podcast players. You should check us out. I'll be recording more episodes live from this space every day through the remainder of the expo. But with that said, thank you so much for joining me. I really appreciate all the insights. It was a lot of fun.